0: Welcome to Thrive Church. We are so happy to have you all here with us today. Uh, my name is Judah Thomas, and I'm the lead pastor at Thrive. And we welcome you to all of our locations and online. And we are uh, actually concluding our series this week. No longer dead. We've been talking about different deaths and resurrections all throughout Scripture, and we started looking at, at Jesus and the death and resurrection that He had, and we've Taking a look at several others over the last couple weeks. And this one is, is one that's maybe, maybe more obscure, maybe one that, that many people have overlooked uh, throughout maybe reading Scripture. Maybe, maybe you've heard of it if you've been in church for a while, but, but some people may not have. And, and it's about somebody who lived a great life. You know, we all want to live a great life, don't we? We all want to, uh, to leave a legacy. We want to be remembered, we want to be remembered long after we're gone. We want to make a difference in this world. But here's the thing, is, is that the way to be remembered is by doing things that average people don't do. You know, you, you're not going to be remembered by, by taking the easy way out. You'll be remembered by doing, doing the hard things. No one, no one gets remembered for, for taking a walk outside, but people get remembered for climbing Mount Everest. We get remembered for doing the hard things. No one makes an impact in this world just simply doing the easy things that everyone does. See, we're talking about not living the status quo. Like the old song, row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Merrily, 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 life is but a dream. We're just rolling our boat down the stream. Oh, I'm just gonna take the easy way. Life is just a dream. I'm just coasting through life. Just gonna keep things the same way that have always been. See, What I believe is this, is that in your notes, God has made you with a purpose. God has made each and every one of you with a purpose. And this is a a purpose not to maintain something, but to advance. See, we, we can maintain a lot of things. Maintain the status quo, maintain, oh, I just do what I've always done. But see, God has given us a purpose, and the purpose is to advance to move forward, to grow closer to him, to make an impact in this world. He wants us to advance. It says in Acts chapter nine, this is where our story begins, in the book of Acts, this is a book written by uh, the Dr. Luke, and he's writing uh, the the account of the early church, and in uh, chapter nine, verse 36, it says, in Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha. Now, Joppa was a, uh, a city about 35 miles away from Jerusalem. Uh, in fact, it's the modern-day Tel Aviv. So if you've ever been there or if you've heard it on the news, that's the, uh, what was Joppa then is now Tel Aviv. And it was a seaport. In fact, this town was mentioned elsewhere in the Bible. In fact, King Solomon, when he was building his palaces and temples, he would import wood, and the wood would come in to the seaport at Joppa. Another notable use of this seaport was Jonah, and God told Jonah to go to Nineveh and preach a message there, but Jonah didn't want to, so instead he went to Joppa to catch the quickest boat away from God. Now, it didn't work out very well for him, but that's where we find this story. We find that they're in this seaport village, the seaport town of Joppa. It says, there is a disciple named Tabitha in Greek, her name is Dorcas, and she was always doing good and helping the poor. Now, the first thing that we learn about her is that she was a disciple. Now, this is the only time that, that this particular phrase is used in Scripture, talking about a, a person like this, a woman that was a, a disciple, a follower of Jesus. What this really meant was it, she was a pupil. She was a, a student or a faithful follower of Jesus Christ. What is a a good disciple? A disciple is someone who is a, a disciplined person. And the goal of every disciple is in your notes, a disciple is someone who is determined to be like their teacher. In this case, she was the disciple of Jesus. We know of of the 12 disciples. We often refer to them, and they were his closest friends. They were were the ones who wanted to to be like Jesus, but there was many other disciples as well. And and this lady here, Tabitha, or Dorcas, she was also a disciple. She was a follower of Jesus. Some speculate she maybe even knew him, but we don't know that for sure. But she wanted to be like like her teacher. You know, when I was growing up, there was an ad campaign out. I don't know if anybody remembers it. and It was like, I want to be like... Mike. Does anybody remember that? I want to be like Mike. A couple, of you, a couple of you older folks do, right? We're talking about Michael Jordan, right? It's like, I want to be like Mike. And I wanted to be like Mike. I wanted to be able to slam dunk like Mike. But you know what? I was too short and I wasn't athletic enough to be like Mike. But we want to be like somebody. We we, we see people in in the media. We see actors and entertainers and influencers. And and we see people that, that are educators and business owners say, I want to be like that person. Well, one thing that we knew about Tabitha or Dorcas, one thing that we knew about her was that she wanted to be like Jesus. Now, she has two names that we we know of her as Dorcas and Tabitha. Tabitha was her, her Jewish name and Dorcas was her Greek name because Joppa was a mixed town. It was mixed and, and so she would use these terms, these names, depending on who she was talking to. But ironically, both of these names both mean the same thing and it means gazelle gazelle. And what a gazelle is, is a gazelle is, is, a, is, a, is an animal. It's a deer. They run very fast. They have beautiful eyes. They're very sleek. And, and most likely, the reason that, uh, that they had this name for her is that she was a beautiful person. We know that in scripture, it says, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. And so she was known as this, this woman, as Dorcas, as Tabitha, as this gazelle. And, and I think, you know, gazelles are very fast, too and it's because I believe she was fast to do good things for other people. She was always willing to lend a helping hand. So here's this woman. She's always doing good. Other uh, translations say that she was abounding in good deeds, like she was always doing things to help other people. She was generous. She was overflowing with kindness and compassion towards other people. You know, After being in ministry for many years, I've noticed that there's three kinds of of people when it comes to serving. There's three kinds of people, and every one of us fit into one of these three categories, okay? Three kinds of people when it comes to serving. The first kind of person is a person who ignores opportunities, right? We see an opportunity to serve, and then we just keep going by. We ignore the opportunity. Now, maybe we ignore the opportunity because we just aren't aware of it. We're just not paying attention. Maybe we deliberately ignore it. We see the opportunity. There's a need, but I'm not going to fill it because I'm too busy, I'm too whatever, fill in the blank, and we go on by. The second kind of person when it comes to serving is people who will take the opportunity. I see the opportunity and I take the opportunity. I see the need, and I feel the need. Somebody invites me to do something to serve, to serve at church, to get involved, and I step in and I take the opportunity. But the third type, and this is the one that I believe that God desires each and every one of us to aspire to be, is the type of person who who doesn't ignore opportunities, who doesn't just simply take an opportunity, but the person who looks for opportunities. They seek out opportunities. They seek out opportunities to serve other people. And they take these, and that's what Dorcas was. She was a person who looked for opportunities. She was a woman of action. She would see a need, and she would fill the need. So the only thing that we really know about her is about her willingness to serve other people, her willingness to, to do what it takes to help someone who is in need. It says, In Galatians chapter six, verse 10, it says, therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. We should do good to everyone. And she was doing this. She was taking every opportunity. She was looking for opportunities to serve other people. She was looking for opportunities to to give and to be generous and to love people. This would have been her motto, to do good to everyone. And she literally, she showed her faith by her good works. Yes, she believed in God, she had faith in God, but she demonstrated that in how she served other people. There's no record of her words, but we know about her work. We don't know anything that she said, but we do know some of the things that she did. In your notes, we need to speak less and do more. You ever know somebody like that that needs to speak less and do more? You know, you know we, say, we say things like, like, talk is cheap. What does that mean, talk is cheap? It means it's easy to say you're going to do something, but it's a whole other thing to actually get into gear and actually go and do it. Talk is cheap. And for many of us, it's easy for us to say that we're going to do things. In fact, you know, it's kind of interesting because even you know, being involved with, with volunteer organizations, and pe- we have so many dedicated people who serve in our church. But, but on average, it seems like out of every, I don't know, 10 people who say, I want to get involved, only maybe two or three of them actually will do it. Because we like to say things because it makes me feel good in the moment to say, oh, I'm going to do this, but will we actually do the action accompanying that? See Dorcas Tabitha, she was a woman of action. We don't know what she said, but we do know what she did. We're going to continue on here in verse 37 it says, "About that time, she became sick and died, and her body was washed and placed in an upstairs room. They were preparing her for burial. We don't know what happened, we don't know how she got sick, we don't know what she was sick of, but, but something happened, we don't know her age even, but, but she got sick and died, and they're now preparing her body. It says, Lydda was near Joppa, so when the disciples heard that Peter was in Lydda, they sent two men and urged him, please come at once. So she's sick and died, and, and somebody somewhere heard, you know the apostle Peter is in a nearby town, he, he's, he's in Lydda. Now, Lydda was about 12 miles away. So they took two people, two messengers, and said, go and find Peter, go find him. And, I mean, this must be an interesting kind of uh, thing to do, because I mean, you don't have photographs of people, you don't know what people look like, you're just going to a town 12 miles away, we don't know if any of them knew him, but it's like, go there, ask around, see if you can find this guy Peter. So they go 12 miles, if they left early in the morning, it would have got, taken them maybe half the day to get there, and then they find him. And it's kind of like they're saying, "Like we, we don't know what you can do, Peter, but we want you to come with us. So, so he, he comes. It says this in verse 39. It probably took a whole day for this to happen where they went, they found him, they get him, and then he comes back with them now to Joppa. Verse 39. It says, Peter went with them, and when he arrived, he was taken upstairs to the room. And all the widows stood around him and they're crying and they're showing him the robes and other clothing that Dorcas made while she was still with them. So here's another thing that we know about Dorcas. She was like a seamstress. Like she would make clothes for people. She impacted other people so much. She made a difference in people's life. And see, in your notes, God is honored when we live a life that impacts others. She impacted other people. These other people, they they were gathered around and and they're saying, you know, we we missed her so much and look what she's done. You know, at at Thrive, we try to evaluate everything that we do through being effective. There's so much activity that we could do and all the time we say, well, why don't you do this and why don't you do that? And we don't wanna just do activity for activity's sake. We wanna do things that are effective. And, And we don't always do everything perfect. We try to be effective with every resource and every opportunity that we have. We work hard to, to make an impact in the communities, in the families, and the cities that we're in. The question that we ask ourselves is, would anybody miss us if we closed our doors? Would anybody miss us? Are, are we making an impact? And, and, and for each and every one of us, I wonder if we could also ask ourselves the same, same question. Would anybody miss me? Am I making an impact? Are we living a life like Dorcas? To be more like Jesus? Are we a disciple of Jesus? Are we striving to be more like him? Or do we make excuses? Maybe someday I'll serve God in a greater capacity. Maybe someday I'll get involved. Maybe someday I'll live a generous life. Maybe someday I'll have enough time. Maybe someday I can afford to help other people. Once I do this or get that or or become this, then I'll be able to serve. When I believe God is calling each and every one of us to get involved, to, to serve now. So here they are in this upper room. Peter comes. She's dead there. Everybody now is gathered around, and they basically start like a show-and-tell. You guys ever do show-and-tell when you were a kid in school? Okay, some of you did, right? Show-and-tell. You show up, and you're like, Hi, I got this, and I like it. And everybody looks at it like, oh, that's nice. And everybody goes through. And that's basically what they're doing. They're like, hey, look at this coat that Dorcas made me. And someone's like, hey, I got this shirt. She made me. I love this shirt. And someone's like, oh, I got these mittens. And someone's like, well, I got a sequin dress. And it's kind of like going to an award show, right? Like the Met Gala, and they show up, and they're like, oh, what are you wearing? Well, I'm wearing Dorcas from Joppa, you know? It's like she, they're, they're telling Peter, they're like, look what I have on. Look what I'm wearing. Look, look at these clothes that she made for us. She was so talented and so generous. And Peter, Peter's there, and he's like, I gotta do something, man. I I need a new sports coat, (laughs) you know? So he sees the situation, and and he's like, okay, we're, we're gonna do something here. Verse 40. Peter sends him all out of the room. Then he got down on his knees, and he prayed. And he turns toward the dead woman, and he says, Tabitha, get up. And she opens her eyes, and seeing Peter, she sat up. And he took her by the hand and helped her to her feet. And then he called for the believers, especially the widows, and then presented her to them alive. Man, this must have been mind-blowing. Like, they knew she was dead. She had been dead there for a while. They knew it. They, they were already mourning. They were already grieving. They invited Peter to come, not really knowing what, what the purpose was, but maybe he could at least bring some comfort to the situation. And now he prays, and now she's alive. It says this, became known all over Joppa. And look at this last line here. And many people believed in the Lord. Many people believed in the Lord. This is the first resurrection performed by any of the the disciples, anyone other than, than Jesus in the New Testament. And the end result was not simply the fact that somebody who was dead came to life again. The end result was that people believed in the Lord. See, that was the purpose of it. We can say, well, that's is great. She's brought back to life again so she can start making clothes again for people. No, the purpose was that, she, that other people began to believe in the Lord. See, God raised Tabitha from the dead, Dorcas from the dead, because it helped point people to him. And that's what her life was all about. She was all about serving people, growing closer to Jesus, knowing more about him growing closer and serving the people that God brought about across your path. In your notes, we have been saved so that we can serve. See, that's why God has saved us. He saved us so that we can serve. And yet so often we think that we're just saved for our own good and our own benefit and our own purposes, but God has saved us so that we can serve others so that we can serve other people in love. Think about Jesus, the life that Jesus lived, right? Jesus, he says, he says, I didn't come to be served, but I came to serve. We see one of the last acts that he did when he was before he was crucified was he went and he, uh, he, he washed the feet of his disciples. He took the job of a servant saying, I've not come to be served, but I've come to serve. Now I want you to go and do likewise. Go and do the same. And Tabitha, she took this seriously. She's like, I'm gonna serve people. I'm gonna do what I can do. Maybe I can't do much, but I can make some clothes, and I can feed some people, and I can help some people, and I can comfort the hurting. And as she did this, this made her beautiful in the eyes of God and in the eyes of others. The gazelle, she was fast, fast to go and serve the people who were in need, fast to go and meet the needs. She found out somebody had a need, and she would go, and God blessed her. God blessed her, brought her back to life again without her even asking for anything or expecting anything. I mean, how could she? She was dead, right? She was dead. In fact, she probably wasn't even very happy to be brought back, honestly, right? Because in the Bible it says to be absent from the body is to be present with God, so she's in God's presence now, and she's like, "Oh, oh, I gotta go back to Earth now. I gotta go back and make clothes again. I'd rather just be here with God." And, uh, and Peter is like, "No, no, it's time for you to come back here for a little while longer." God blessed her, and she wasn't expecting anything because she used her gifts, she used her talents, she used something like making clothes. Yes, she could have used it to make money and for profit, but she was using it instead for the benefit of other people. And here they are, they're remembering her, and God moves in a miraculous way. See, apparently God wanted her to be a blessing to more people. And as we saw, because of her resurrection, many people in Joppa came to faith in Jesus Christ as a result. See, Dorcas, or Tabitha, she had faith, yes, but she also had works. She also had works. You know, I want you to write this down in your notes. It's not in your notes, but I want you to write this down, okay? Faith isn't enough. Some of you might feel like, oh, I feel a little weird writing that. Faith isn't enough. Are you supposed to say that in church? Faith isn't enough. Like, what are you talking about? Look, I'll show you. It's in the Bible. James 2.14. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but you don't show it with your actions? What good is it if you say that you have faith, but but you don't show it with your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing, and you say, goodbye, have a good day, stay warm, eat well, but then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? Verse 17, underline this. So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Faith isn't enough. Faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. Scripture is saying that your faith is dead and useless if it is not producing good deeds. I have a question for you, does your faith work? Does it work, does your faith work or is it broken? Is your faith broken? Do we have a broken faith? Now the Bible talks about a faith that has the power to move mountains. What does your faith move? Does it move anything? Does it move you to get out and help other people? Does it move you to share your faith? Does it move you to give generously, or is it a, is it a broken faith? See, God wants your faith to come alive. God wants your faith to come alive. For, for many of us, we take our faith and we sit it on a shelf, until next Sunday, and then I'll come, and I'll pick up my faith, and I'll say, yeah, I got faith, but then I put it back on the shelf, and I go out, and I live, and I talk, and I act like the world all the rest of the week, but then comes Sunday morning, I'm going to come, and I'm going to take it off the shelf, and yes, I have faith. Is that really a faith that works, or is that a broken faith? If it doesn't change who we are, is it alive at all? In your notes, when your faith is alive, you will always look to serve others. See, here's a way that we can know if our faith is alive or not. Is it serving others? Does your faith move mountains? Can it even move you off of the couch? Does it change your life? Does it impact the world around you? Can other people, here's a good test, can other people see your faith by the things that you do? If someone looks at your life, is it obvious that you're a person of faith? Or do we just blend in? Are we spiritual chameleons just blending in with our surroundings? I'm just camouflaged. I just blend right in. Nobody can tell if I have good works or not. They can't tell if I have faith or not. I'm just keeping it to myself. See, these friends of Dorcas wanted her back. Sabbath's friends are like, we want her back because she impacted them, because she had a faith that worked. She made a difference in the life of people. They're like, go find Peter. Maybe he can help. Maybe he can do something because this woman, she lived for other people and she didn't just simply live for herself. Because faith without works is dead. So maybe the thing that needs to be resurrected today is your faith. See, we look at this resurrection thing as like my body being resurrected or my finances being resurrected, praise the Lord. No, maybe it's our faith that needs to be resurrected. Maybe our faith needs to be brought to life again. Maybe our faith is broken and we need to have a faith that works. Maybe we need to let it wake up. Let God work in you and through you, resurrecting your faith, bringing it to life again so that our faith can work, so that we can go out, we can make a difference in this world, we can get involved, we can serve, we can give generously. It says, we're gonna close with this verse, Hebrews 10, 38. And my righteous ones will live by faith. They'll do what? They'll live. How? By faith. Are we living by faith? See, Dorcas was raised to life again because she had a faith that was alive. Her faith was alive and working, and she was doing good deeds, and it was glorifying God. She was actively looking for needs to fill. She was actively looking for places where she could serve and to get involved. She was looking for people that she could clothe. Okay, imagine her in that situation we read a few moments ago. About, imagine, imagine Dorcas seeing someone who is cold, out in the streets at night, and they're shivering, and she's like, well, God bless you, I'll be praying for you. God bless you, you know, hope, 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 you're, hope you're doing okay. You know, good luck, I'm sending you some good vibes. How do you even do that? I don't know. Hope you get warm. No, you know what she would have done? She would have made him some clothes. Here, have some clothes. I'm gonna start. are you hungry? Let me give you something to eat. Do you need a place to stay? Why don't you come stay with me till you get on your feet? See, she was a person of action. She was a person who made a difference. She was a simple person, but she made a difference, and she lived a life that mattered. She left a legacy, a legacy that we're discussing thousands of years later. She never assumed that that she would make such a difference that we would be discussing her thousands of years later because of the fact that she clothed some people who were cold, because of the fact that she helped people who were hurting Fed people who were hungry. Jesus says, "When you've done it to the least of these, you've done it unto me." Does our faith work, or is our faith broken? Will your faith leave an impression on the people around you, or not? Scripture says, "Let your light shine before all people, so that they can see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven." We don't do good deeds so that we can look. Good. You know, you know what annoys me sometimes. I'm. This is just a, a little soapbox, you know? You see when people give a donation to an organization, they got that giant check, it's like the giant check, and they get their photo taken, like, hey, look at the giant check! I mean, the check cost them $100 to print the thing just so they can get and get their photo with it. It's like, look at the big check, it's like, like, are we looking for the credit for ourselves? or are we doing good things? Thi- good deeds, good things, so that it praises our Father in heaven. Let your light shine before all people because we are God's workmanship. We are God's masterpiece made to do good works for him. We were made to serve. We were made to live life with a purpose. So do you want to come alive? Do you want to live a resurrected life? Here's how to do it. Start by serving others. Stop living life for yourself. You think that's going to have life? Living for me, myself, and I? No. You want to live life to its fullest? We need to follow the example of Jesus. Be a disciple of our master, our Lord, our Savior, the one who came to serve, not to be served. We start by serving others and not having a broken faith. This is a faith that is alive, not a dead faith, a faith that is living and powerful, a faith that impacts not only myself, but it impacts every single person I come in contact with because my faith works, and faith without dead, uh, faith without works is dead, and can we stand strong? Can we have this faith like Dorcas had, a faith that goes and moves mountains, a faith that moves people, a faith that brings transformation, In death and in life, people are remembering her and praising God for the good things that she's done. Can we have a faith like that? May God resurrect our faith, bring our faith to life again. I don't want to have a dead faith anymore. I want to have a faith that produces works, that is alive and brings God the glory for all of the good things that he has done for us. Let's pray. God, we come to you now in Jesus' name. And we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for the inspiration of this woman, Tabitha. Thank you how she inspires us to do some good works. Lord, help us to take a step for you, to take a step as a community of believers to serve here together, to serve in the world around us, to always be someone who's not just taking an opportunity that comes, but let us seek out the opportunities to serve. Lord, just raise up men and women and boys and girls to serve you in your kingdom. Let us make an eternal difference for you. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord, don't let another day go by. I believe he's inviting you, he's calling you now to be a part of his family. He says, if you believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, and you say with your mouth, Jesus, you're my Lord, then you'll be saved. Won't you call on his name now and say, Jesus, you are my Lord. And we become a disciple like Dorcas was. We become a disciple, a follower, someone who's, who's imitating the life that Jesus had. Lord, let us be servants. Let us look for opportunities to make a difference Let us find needs and fill it. We thank you that Jesus came to serve too. We thank you that he's forgiven our sins. We thank you that he's brought resurrection power into our lives. So we invite you, Lord, to wake us up to resurrect us by your Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Let it resurrect our faith right now. Let us not have a dead faith or a broken faith, but a faith that works, a faith that impacts, a faith that moves mountains, a faith that reaches out to people, the hurting and the broken and draws them in, not so that we're glorified, but so that you're glorified, not so that we look good, but Lord, we want to honor you and praise you and glorify you. Help us to make a difference with our one and only Let us make a difference for you and for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen.